0: We have some special gifts for all of our fathers, and we want to present you with those. So, if the voice from heaven will remind me at the end of service. (laughs) I don't have all timers, I've got some timers. Amen. Powerful scripture, powerful word, powerful song. And I pray that that we are blessed this morning. How many know that God wants us to be blessed? Amen? Amen? That's true. The Lord wants you to be blessed. And and this morning I want to just share for a few moments on the power on a powerful Father's blessing. And and I want us to look in Genesis chapter 48. Genesis chapter 48. Verse, I'm going to start with verse 1 and 2 of Genesis 48. Now, it came about after these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. When it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel collected his strength and sat up on his bed. I want us to go over in verse 15, and I want us to read this blessing that, that Israel or Jacob Declared over his children. He said, He said, He blessed Joseph and he said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been with, has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. And may my name live on in them and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. And may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. You know, he goes on in verse 20. He says, he blessed them that day saying, by you Israel will pronounce blessing. Saying, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Father, I pray this morning that as we look forward to blessing the generations that go before for us, and the generations that are to come. I pray that today that we will take a hold of your word and recognize that it is in our grasp, it is in our authority, as we are your children, we are a holy nation, a a royal priesthood, a peculiar people to, to declare the praises of you, Lord. That in that understanding, as a priest, we are to declare the blessings and favor of God over our children and over the generations that follow us. And I pray that today that we will grasp a hold of the necessity, of, of blessing those and honoring, and encouraging in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. You know when I look at this passage of Scripture, I, I, I recognize that this is a story. There's a, there's a whole lot has gone on before this moment because when you think of Joseph, uh, he had Joseph had been had gone through a whole lot by by this time. I mean, first he's been um, abused by his brothers, he's been thrown into the pit. He's went from the pit to the palace. He's been accused by Potiphar's wife and, and falsely accused that is, and thrown into prison. He thought he had something and lost everything. And in the midst of prison, uh, he he finds himself interpreting dreams and God placing him the favor of God, placing him as the second in command over all of Israel. So all this is going on, right? And, and Joseph as the second command, he could have risen to that occasion. He could have thought of himself uh, as the moment that he could finally get revenge on all those people who have harmed him, all those people who have falsely accused him, all those brothers who threw him in the pit. He could have have exacted uh, justice over all of them. And yet, in the midst of all of his priority being raised up into a position of authority, the first thing he seeks after is his father that great? He sought his father. He sought the one who had nurtured him in the faith. He sought the one who had brought him up through all the difficulties. He sought the one who who loved him and encouraged him, who gave him the coat of many colors, the one who had uh, placed a a favor on him. He sought him out. Sixteen years as he brought his father and family down to Egypt, sixteen years uh, Jacob lived peaceably in Egypt with his son Joseph. But at the end of his life, at the end of his journey, he approached Joseph. And Joseph took his sons. And he took his sons to his father to bless. Now, I want you to understand, these were two sons, as according to Genesis chapter 48, two sons that were actually born before uh, Jacob or Israel's ever moved to Egypt. And he approached him to, to bless his children. Look, the fact is, if anyone knew anything about a father's blessing or the blessings of the father. It was it was Jacob. I mean, Jacob understood that uh, he had done a few iffy things to receive the blessing of his father. Right. I mean, the fact is is that even though rightfully his brother Esau had sold him the birthright for a a, a pot of stew, if you will, uh, it was still trickery to go before his father and imitate his brother. So he understood the the. The dealings of getting to the father's blessing. And it was after that blessing, though, that that his life, everything that took place from that moment forward, the blessings of the Lord followed his life. He understood the results of the blessing, the success that everything that he had been successful in was a result of that blessing. His family's future is a result of that blessing. Generations were linked to the blessings that his father placed on him, Jacob also knew that he was important piece of the puzzle to continue the blessings over his family. How many know that you're a piece of the puzzle, right? How many know you're a link in the chain that God wants you to continue the blessings over your family and over your children? I mean, we talk about we sang about that over your children and their children, a thousand generations, but. Uh, The the blessings of the Lord, the favor of God, are on those of the obedient ones, and that blessings will last thousands of generations. How many want to bless your children today? Amen? Amen. Amen. I think we have to understand that on Jacob's deathbed, it wasn't the possessions that he wanted to pass down. It wasn't specific wisdom that he wanted to give, but he wanted to bless them. He wanted them to find the favor in God. He wanted them to understand that the provisions that had been attained was nothing else but the favor of God on his life, and he wanted his children to experience that same provision and favor. I believe that as as fathers this morning that we are spiritual heads of our home. How many understand that? As spiritual heads of our home, God's called us to be a priest or a minister to our home. And, and when we bless, we bless with, as a petition before God to intercede. How many times do we intercede for our children? How many times do we call out their name in prayer? How often do we uh, do we lay on the floor and say, God, I pray that you will touch my children. God, I pray that you will stand in the gap in the midst of the trials that my children are facing and guard their hearts and their minds from all the evil of the world. God's called us as we bless our children to make petition before God, but not only do we Pray uh, for intercession But we also declare by faith As a prophet So we're intercessors but we're also prophets Somebody say what? Yeah we're a kingdom of priests, amen So as prophets we begin to declare things Over our children How often do we declare the good things Over our children? Too many times we, we seem to Say things that curse our children Come on If We call them you know lazy sometimes we call them dumb sometimes we call things stupid why did you do that that's just stupid sometimes we speak into their lives hurtful things that that don't we don't realize that our children are clinging to the words that we say over them And if we are speaking prophetically over our children We're making declarations Then we should declare over them the favor of God Lord, in the name of Jesus I bless my children I bless them with hope I bless them with life God, I bless them with financial provision God, I bless them with courage and boldness In a world that's going astray To stand up for the truth no matter what God, I bless my children with the Holy Ghost And I ask you to fill them in the name of Jesus That they are renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit That they walk in your presence That they walk in your power That they walk in the anointing of God That they will not sway to the left or the right But they will follow you all the days of their life I declare this in Jesus name Over my children and their children And their children's children In the name of Jesus There has to be a time when we begin to declare The things of the Lord over our children Instead of putting things on them That God never intended to be Amen Amen the fact, sad part is is that we wait till the end of our life. We're laying on our deathbed, we're trying to finally want to speak something wise to our children. And the fact is is why did we wait so long? God help us to put powerful words into our children in this day and this hour. And Lord, may our lives back up the words that we speak. It's not enough just to declare words. Let me tell you something. To the degree that you stray from God, your children will stray worse. But to the degree that you turn your eyes to Jesus and trust in the Lord and declare with your children that you're believing God for favor and blessings is the same degree that your children will also seek the face of the Lord because they're watching you. Amen? So when we bless our children, how do we bless them? Well, we bless them with imperfection. No, you're looking at me like, What the fact is, is that we need our children to know that we're not perfect when we walk around thinking we're God's gift of humanity and yet we struggle, and they know we struggle. How many know kids are very discerning? We act like we're everything's okay. We walk into church, we put on our happy face. And we act like everything's okay, but our children know the truth. They've, they've listened to us on the way to church as we c- argued about why finances aren't working. They argued about this or that, and we walk into church, hey, everything's okay. Just happy to be here. The fact is, is kids need to know that you struggle. Kids need to know that you're imperfect, that, that you struggle just like they do, because if you set them up for failure, then and you're walking around perfect, then you set them up for failure, and they fail miserably. But you know the thing about, you've heard me say this, broken people do broken things. The thing about being broken is is that we are approachable. Because when you are able to share with your children, look, I make mistakes. I don't always have it together. I'm going to say something that's going to hurt you sometime, and I want you to understand please, let's talk about this. It's in those moments that we become approachable that, and we say, look, I didn't get that right, that we actually open the door for them to say, Daddy, I didn't get it right either. It's in those moments that we build bridges and reconciliation and we're able to talk about things because we recognize that both sides are broken and we do broken things. And it's then that we can be able to work together to bring unity and healing in the family because we're just broken people. God wants us to, to be honest, to be open, to reach out, to show people that we're trusting in Him and not our own perfections. The thing is, is that when, you, when your children understand that you're broken and that you don't get it all right, that, that you're fallible, that you make mistakes, it's then also a good opportunity to learn how to say, I'm sorry. How many times have we walked in pride, walked out of the room, knowing that we've hurt our child, knowing that we've said something that has caused pain, and yet out of pride we don't want to go back in there and admit that we made a mistake or admit that we're wrong. Sometimes even when we find out about it. I mean, sometimes we just think we're right. But you know what's great is, is that when we're able to go to our spouse and say I made a mistake and I'm sorry, and our children see that pattern in us, they recognize a healthy relationship because we recognize that we're on the same team and that we're not here to to badger, belittle, or bring down, but we're here to lift up and encourage and raise up in God's kingdom. And so therefore it's important to be able to say I'm sorry. One of the greatest moments of my life was a a father figure, a mentor in my life who sat across the table from me uh, years after I had left that position, but sat across the table from me and and looked at me and said, Paul, you taught me more than I could ever teach you. And, And though those words never said I'm sorry for the pain I caused you, they meant more to me than I'm sorry because they spoke life into me they brought about an affirmation and, and I think that's the next thing we need to do is that we need to bring affirmation to our children too many kids today are not being affirmed by well, by family by by fathers by parents we're called we're we're called to connect with our children and these words that we say they mean everything I mean, I can still, like a recorder in my mind, replay things that my dad said, even the things that I know he didn't really mean to say, but were very hurtful. Some of you are carrying around wounds and like a badge, and and you're too often trying to show your wounds, and yet that is not what God's looking for to identify the brokenness of everybody else, but to bring healing and forgiveness. And so, therefore, when we are able to say, Look, I've made a mistake, it brings healing. So we need to learn to make affirming words. Come on. We need to learn to be able to speak life into our children. I mean, when Jacob was in blessing his children and his grandchildren, verbally affirmed their place of God's greatness in their life. Our Heavenly Father knows what powerful affirmation is because his own son, Christ Jesus, as he was being baptized when he come up, the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He understood what affirmation looked like. And therefore, we need to learn how to affirm those who God has placed under us and those who God has chosen us to be able to mentor and coach and love and appreciate and value. When reality, affirmation really brings identity. As the heavenly father did for his own son. This is my beloved son. Jacob also let them know that they were special because of two things. They were special because they're his boys. But he also said you're special because you're chosen. How many understand that you're chosen by God? You're a chosen vessel by God. You're God's creation. You're God's handiwork. God is your value in his sight. He personally put the DNA in you to make you who you are. He loves you. And we need to affirm our children. We need to affirm them to let them know that they're chosen by God. But that they're our children. Let them know they're special. And they're, they were thankful for them. I think the fact I don't know if this is good, bad, or ugly. But our children find their identity first in their parents. Oh boy. Some of y'all been praying for seed fail, crop failure for years, right? <laughs> oh, God, I know what I was. Jesus help us, right? But the, the, the idea is that all of our relationships need affirmation. I mean, the lack of affirmation leads to the absence of identity. We wonder why young people today have an identity crisis. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to find themselves. They're looking in all different matters. It's because the body of Christ and Christian godly men and women have not affirmed their children. How many children we got in here? Young people, Children? Come on, kids, raise your hand. You know what's really cool? Is that you can also affirm your parents. It's a blessing when my kids say, thank you, Daddy. It's a blessing when my kids identify and say, I'm thankful that you're my dad. I'm thankful that you raised us the way you raised us. One of the most powerful moments... Uh, for me, because, you know, you've heard me say this, but living outside of the country for eight years, I I always thought, man, I'm messing these kids up. These kids are going to be crazy. I mean, they might be anyway, but anyway. (laughs) Anyway, but sitting there in an affirmation circle, hearing my children say those words, Dad, you've always thought you're messing us up by living outside the country. But we consider it one of the greatest blessings to be able to be, have a greater world view and understanding. And to be able to love people the way that you've taught us to love. You know, I, I sat there and wept as my son affirmed me. Children, let me encourage you to affirm your parents. Encourage them. Let them know that you care. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you're glad that they're your parents. Come on. Amen. But we need not only to affirm them as identity, but we need to affirm their accomplishments. Understanding that we celebrate. We look for opportunities to celebrate the things that that they do. We look for opportunities to clap our hands and say, man, you're doing a great job. Thank you. You know what? Asher, I, I'm going to pick on you. Is that all right? <laughs> As he sinks down in his seat. Asher, I'm really proud of you, man. I mean, he, he was super excited for his report card, his end of the year report. And, and to see how you have turned things around, you're doing a lot better. I'm really proud of you, man. And that's what affirming should look like. We should affirm. Asher, we should affirm our young people. We should affirm our children. Finding ways to look for things that they have engaged in, that they are doing better in, that we can say thank you for putting in some effort to do something better. You know, my wife's been raising me for many years. (laughs) She's good. You know, she is... She is the, the greatest psychologist I've ever met. She's the greatest therapist I've ever met. She knows just how to encourage me to do things the right way. And it's not because she, when she finds me doing things she doesn't want me to do, she nags. No, that's not the way she does it. She finds the one moment and catches me in that moment of washing the dishes. Or doing something that would help her. And she says, honey, thank you so much for washing the dishes today. And she gives me this nice gentle hug. I'm like, dude, I'm going to wash dishes tomorrow too. Woo! (laughs) Right? She finds ways to affirm me without belittling me. That's a true story, really. And that's how we also need to learn how to affirm our children. I think too often we're all about nagging and tearing down and belittling and you know uh, griping about what they don't do or what they should have done or should have, would have, could have done. But the fact is, is if we would just find them in the act of doing something that is absolutely worth time and value, it just might be they picked up the socks off of the living room floor for the first time in two weeks. Yes! Thank you for picking up those nasty Soccer socks off of the floor. It doesn't smell so bad in here now. But finding those moments that we can affirm them and care for them really helps to build. I know I'm being funny, but reality is, is it's important for us to affirm our children, their accomplishments, their identity, uh, affirming, uh, f- affirming their future. I mean, I'm often. My kids probably get tired of me asking, but I ask them often. Hey, are you? What you? What are you praying about? Are you still praying about being this? Are you still praying about that? That plan that you talked talking to me about? Because I want to affirm their future. I want them to know that they're capable of doing anything that is placed in their hearts and minds. They can do it. I want them to realize that they are valuable and that. That they are equipped and God has blessed them and and that they, if they will trust in the Lord, he will lead them and he will guide them and they can do whatever they need to do. Not based on their talents, not based on their dreams, or not based on just the enthusiasm to accomplish something, but based on the fact that God himself is with them. Amen? Bless them with, with being a worshiper. Hebrews chapter 11 and 21, and guys, I'm sorry I didn't give you that scripture, but It says, by faith, Jacob, when he was was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. I mean, he barely had the strength to stand, but he still worshipped. He still blessed. He still showed them something powerful. Is worship a priority in your home? I know, guys. Sorry, y'all lost y'all losing the video right now. If you guys who's home, you can see the top of my head. If you wonder why I haven't been preaching down here lately, it's because uh, we're trying to do that. But <laughs> does does your children know you as a worshiper? Does your children know you as someone? who turns to the Lord in the times of trouble? Because it's important for us to to pass down a lineage of not just ambition, a lineage of not just skills and priorities of secularism, but to pass down a skill set of spirituality, a faith that they can grasp a hold of, You know, Sammy, one of these days, I really, really, really want you to tell your testimony. Because this guy's got a powerful testimony. And and it would be great to go back and redo life and say that everything was pretty and beautiful. But the thing is, is, what you're leaving right now is the greatest legacy that you'll ever be able to accomplish. Because you're walking a faith life before your kids, and they can see that. Yes, they know the past. It's undeniable. But they can't deny the favor of God that's on you right now. They can't deny that you are trusting in the Lord. They can't deny that God's hand is on you because they can see the blessings of the Lord flowing through you, to you. It's important for us to realize that we are called by God to leave a legacy to bless our children. And you know what, the, the thing that I really enjoy about Jacob or Israel is this. He didn't do it just in the manner or the way that it should have been done or the traditional way. Too many times we're too busy trying to follow religion and tradition and instead of truly listening to God for what He wants. Well, it shouldn't have been that way. But yet, God's wanting you to be sensitive to His Spirit. Look, I'm thankful for all four of my children. One's traveling today. He'll be home in a little bit. He went to the graduation of the, where, the school where he would have graduated from last night. So he got to spend some time with his buddies back in Loretta, Tennessee. But, you know, I, I'm, I appreciate all of my children, and I do my best. Now, look, it's, it's not always easy because you always want to highlight, you know, what they're doing. But I value them. And I recognize I've, I've, I've done, I have had a hard time trying to make sure that I focus on every one of their individual strengths. And every one of them are brilliant, they all have their unique characteristics, there's no cookie cutter. I mean, I just wish that, you know, I could have treated all of them, you know, this way, this is the handbook, this is the way it should go, boom, 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 and it just didn't happen that way. And so, each one, I've had to learn how to, eva- how to value them appropriately. What is the need of discipline? What is the manner that they, that they feel valued and encouraged? This one. Is too much like me. <laughs> and we are very determined. There's a book called Raising Strong Willed Boys. <laughs> and so I had to learn a different model of how to engage him. When I really need him And guess what I still don't get it right all the time Because He's too much like me And he makes the red headed in me Come out The fiery quick temper Bonnie's not that way anymore She's, she's lost her red hair right She's super calm and chill now. But I had to learn to adjust how I treated and appreciated and valued. And so, I, I'm thankful for this model because it, it's not always tradition. It's not always the, the method. You know, God might Call us to do something different for this child versus another child. though this was the firstborn and this was that. Look, all that goes out the door. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And what is the specific needs of the children we have? You know what I, I, I really value is that he left them a relationship with God. He left them a testimony of a relationship with God. And I think that's what we need to pass down to our children is that this is a life that I can't live without living a life in love with Jesus. Without Jesus being the leader and director of my home, I can't do this. I have to trust God. And the moments that my failure is the moments that I have not followed God, but I've relied on me. And being willing to have that conversation. One little boy was dying of cancer. And his daddy had to sit him down and tell him, Daddy, he said, Son, this cancer is bad. And it doesn't look like you're going to make it. And he said, Daddy, is it? Yes, Lord. (laughs) He said, Daddy, it's all right. He said, you're not afraid? You're not afraid to to die? You're not afraid to meet Jesus? He said, Daddy, if it's anything like you, it'll be all right. How are we leaving that legacy to our children? How are we passing that down? How are we blessing our children, fathers? I want us to do something. Is that all right? y'all, y'all be participants this morning. Even if your children is not here this morning, if you're a father, I want you to come. I want you to stand across here. These guys, don't they look sharp this morning? Come on, give these fathers a hand. <laughs> Lost the whole sound team. <laughs> you know, this is impressive. Isn't it? So many churches struggle to have men in the church. Guys, you guys are impressive. You're awesome. Just, don't just look good at yeah. me? I don't know if your children are here with you this morning or if you have a son or daughter with you this morning. If your dad's up there, would you go stand with your dad? I know boys, I'm walking around. You just hang tight. If your children aren't here and your spouse, would you go stand beside your husband? With your husband. You know, there was a the scripture that we read at the very beginning in Numbers chapter 6, verse 20. It's a blessing that said every Shabbat or every, every Sabbath at the end of the service. It's a proclamation made over the whole family. But there's another blessing that that Messianic Jews will say over their children. Number one, they have two different sayings. One's over the boys, and one's over the girls. Over girls, Ruth chapter 4, verse 10, is declared over all the girls. May you be like Sarah, Rebecca, right? Right? Am I right? Over the boys, this scripture that we read out of, Genesis chapter 48, I think it's verse 20, is where Israel prayed a prayer over Manasseh and Ephraim. But as you know, he switched his hands over them. And he declared, may you be as Ephraim and Manasseh. And that's the prayer he prayed over the boys. And that's a prayer in messianic circles that is still prayed over the children even to this day. Why? Read Ruth chapter 4 and 10. As well as... Genesis 48. When you think of Ephraim and Manasseh or Manasseh and Ephraim, think of this. He did something that day and he blessed them. And if you look through the history, a curse was broken through that two boys. Because every patriarchal sibling group before that time was an animosity right had jacob and esau right joseph and his brothers were always at animosity but in these two boys it brought about a unity it broke the curse brought about a unity and a blessing no wonder the psalmist could say how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell or sit together in unity. So this morning, I want us to make a declaration. If your ch- children are with you, I want you to bless them this morning. This is this is this is important. This is this is life-changing. This is life-giving. You're you're planting seeds into your children that are eternal seeds. Amen? So put your hand on your children. On your chitlins. And if your children aren't here, grab a hold of your spouse if she's with you. And if she's not with you, just hold your hands to heaven and pray for those kids. Would you repeat after me? Over your son first. Father bless them. May they be as Ephraim and Manasseh. Now of your cho- of your daughter Father bless my daughter. May she be as Sarah as Rachel and Rebecca father we declare these things in your presence and Lord just as numbers chapter 6 and 20 declares as we bless I pray that your name be declared over our children and I pray that as your name is declared over them that Lord you will bless them Lord as instruments of your kingdom plan as servants of God Lord understanding that the word blessing literally means kneeling and Lord as we kneel before you and humble ourselves before you I pray that the blessings and favor of God will flow over every one of these families Lord that you'll break every curse that has hindered break every chain Lord, break everything that has hindered the presence and plan of God to be fulfilled in their children and their children's children. I pray a a favor of God to flow through them, through their children, into their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren, that the glory of God be revealed through them, that your name be exalted and you be proclaimed. Father, I pray as we sing the song, Amen, that, that we can truly say together, Amen. And let it be so, Lord Jesus. Father, bless these men of God. Let them be surrendered to you. And let the favor of God shine through them. Bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From this family, Alcoa Maryville Church of God, we love you and we bless you and we appreciate every single one of you. You are special to us. We care about you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. As we dismiss this morning, we have a special gift for you on the tables. And if you, men, if you would want to uh, file through there and grab one of those, there's a specific book and a uh, little white box. If, if you'll grab one of those, we'll appreciate it. I have some good news. This coming wednesday we're getting a fence installed around our playground yeah it has it has been sprayed so we're going to be able to all the weeds should be dead in the next uh, few days so we can start getting all the weeds out and if you would help us we are in the process of raising the funds to be able to purchase a whole new playground set so Be with us in prayer over that. If you'd like to help, we would gladly appreciate your contribution to that. If you'd like to pay your tithes and offerings, there's a bucket at each of the exit doors. And we would gladly appreciate your faithfulness in giving. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Father's Day. Cook out something good. Enjoy your time. Be blessed.